here we go on the edge on this Thursday morning. I am Aaron Karolnik, and it is game night here on TSN 1050. It's the Leafs and the Canadians, the Toronto Raptors. They play a do-or-die game against the Washington Wizards with their playoff homes. Can they finish 10th and join the play-in? We'll find out tonight in a crucial game for the Raps. And Aaron Rodgers, he is so disgruntled with his team, the Green Bay Packers, he's comparing his general manager to Jerry Krause. That's not a good thing. But the story of the hockey world, no, the story of the sports world is what happened last night between the Rangers and the Capitals. We were taken back. We were taken back to simpler times of line brawls and misconducts, not vaccines and social distancing. In fact, perhaps the most shocking thing last night were how many hockey players can fit in a penalty box. And it's a lot more than you think. Let's actually head down to New York now and join joining the show is the host of You Better You Bet, an Odyssey sports betting expert. It is Nick Costos. Also, be sure to listen to the You Better You Bet podcast for more of Nick's analysis. Nick, you're a New York guy. How are you feeling about your Rangers this morning? Uh, Aaron, first off, good to be on with you, man. The great people of uh, Toronto. Um yeah, I mean, it's been a disappointing season for the Rangers, obviously. Thought that they were going to be a little better. Thought they'd be able to get into the playoffs and maybe they could make a push um, in the Eastern Conference or like whatever whatever they're calling these conferences now in this, <laughs> this weird season here. Um, I guess they handled it okay last night. I, I, I personally think they need a little more toughness on the team. A lot of skilled position guys and maybe not enough toughness on the Rangers, but you know, very weird here locally that uh, the timing of you know, Jim Dolan, the owner, firing John Davidson and Jeff Gordon, so... Very strange following the statement they put out, basically killing the NHL for not suspending Tom Wilson. So I guess I'm like, proud of the fact that they uh, they got into so many fights last night, but you know, would rather see them in the playoffs, obviously. Nick, on your show, you better, you bet. You guys cover everything. You do four hours on sports betting, so I'm sure, and sticking in New York, the Brooklyn Nets, they come up quite often. We know they lost back-to-back games to the Milwaukee Bucks. James Harden has been in and out of the lineup this year. He's out with a hamstring injury right now, and the odds makers continue to have Brooklyn listed as the favorite to win the NBA title. In your mind, do you agree? Do you think Brooklyn should be the top dog as far as betting goes in the NBA? Yeah, I, I do. And the thing that I think that makes you nervous maybe is, um, is Steve Nash and his lack of experience. And, you know, I, I don't put anything in the fact that they lost those couple games to Milwaukee. Like, James Harden's not there. Not a big deal. Maybe they're not showing all their cards as far as how they defend Giannis in the a potential playoff series, which, by the way, it looks likely we will see in the second round, right, with Brooklyn now as the two-seed and Milwaukee as the three and Philly with some distance and an easy schedule down the stretch um, to, uh, to lock up the one-seed. The thing that makes you nervous about Brooklyn, though, like I said, is Steve Nash. And, um, you know, Milwaukee in the midst of a 16-1 to run the other night in the fourth quarter, Nash doesn't call a timeout. Asked about it after the game goes, yeah, I don't think it would make a difference. It's like, really? Like, is that what you think, Steve? Like, or, like, maybe you're just clueless, don't know what you're doing, have no experience, and the top lieutenant on your bench is Mike D'Antoni, another guy who maybe doesn't know what he's doing in these big high-leverage situations here. So I think that's the one thing that concerns you if you want to bet on the Brooklyn Nets. But as far as, like, on-court goes, I mean, I would never bet Milwaukee against them in a seven-game series, despite Milwaukee winning the two games we saw earlier this week. Once they get hardened back and all three of these guys are on the court, it's like a total game-changer, obviously, here. I give Philly a better chance to take down Brooklyn than I do Milwaukee, but I think you have to like Brooklyn the best of the three teams. And given, you know, the uncertainty around LeBron James and his ankle right now, 
Like, I would say that healthy LeBron that you feel good about, healthy Anthony Davis that you feel good about, and AD's getting there. I think you say the Lakers are the favorites and the Lakers should be the favorites. But I think given the Lakers' uncertainty right now, the level of concern for the Lakers is pretty high. I think the Nets are deserved favorites right now to win the NBA championship. Yeah, Nick, let's go to the West, and the Lakers just lost to the Raptors with both LeBron and Anthony Davis in the lineup. And as you're well aware, the Raptors, not a very good basketball team. L.A. is favored to win the West, and you look at teams like the Clippers and Phoenix and Utah, a lot of quality opposition for those teams, for the Lakers in the West, compared to maybe Brooklyn in the East. How do you handicap the Western Conference right now? And I know you you said, certainly with LeBron and Anthony Davis, if they're healthy, they have to be considered the favorites, but that's a big question is, is the, is the health of these guys. Yeah. I, I think until like, until we, we know otherwise, I think the Lakers should, still should be the favorites, but I think something else we need to consider. Right. And I don't think this necessarily changes the way I feel about them because, you know, if they're the seventh seed or the eighth seed and they have to go on the road in the first round against Utah or Phoenix, like I'm picking the Lakers in either one of those series, as long as LeBron and Anthony Davis are there is we may see the Lakers in the play-in tournament. Like right now, they're a half game up on Portland for the seventh seed. So we may see the Lakers in a scenario where they have to play Golden State potentially in a a win-and-in game to get into the postseason. NBA would love that for ratings, I'm sure. Um, So that's something to consider here is that the Lakers may very well have to go through this play-in tournament. Um, But as long as, like, they're in this play-in tournament, LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing like they're, they're going to win unless, Curry has one of these games where he just goes nuclear and scores 50, which is obviously possible, but the Lakers is a team much better than Golden State. And then I think we look at the top of the Western Conference. Utah's the one seed. I don't know what Utah's ever done to make anyone think that they can make a run to the NBA Finals. I mean, maybe they could do it, but tough to feel confident in the Jazz, especially after they blew the 3-1 lead last year in the playoffs to the Denver Nuggets. And the, Den- the thing that separates Denver this year from last year, obviously, is no Jamal Murray this year. So, while Nikola Jokic should be the NBA MVP, I think it's hard to feel really confident in the Nuggets, obviously, without Jamal Murray. We can scratch them off the list. The Phoenix Suns are interesting because of the better leadership of Chris Paul, obviously. They're the two-seed right now in the West. Lost last night to the Atlanta Hawks. But aside from Chris Paul, no one else on this roster has any kind of like viable playoff experience, including Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and company. So if they get into a series with the Lakers, like, who are you taking? Like LeBron with a million playoff games under his belt, AD with the championship. Or, you know, the Phoenix Suns and, like, Chris Paul, who's never been to an NBA final. So I, I can't like Phoenix as much as the Lakers or even Phoenix as much as the Clippers. So I, I know that we've got three teams right now that we didn't expect to top the conference in Utah, Phoenix, and Denver. But when it comes down to it, I, I think it's still between the two Los Angeles teams, the Lakers, and then Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and the Clippers is the two teams that I trust the most out west. Nick, as a resident of Toronto and a man who really enjoyed the 2019 NBA title run for the Raps, seeing Kawhi and Serge Ibaka lift another title, lift another championship, uh, was a member of the Clippers. I'd be very difficult for my feelings to kind of materialize. I'm not really sure how I would be. How I, I think a lot of Torontonians would feel the same way. Let's move All to right, the. Well, NF- how about this? How about this, Toronto? Yeah. You could be Knicks fans. Don't be spoiled. Enjoy your championship that you won a couple of years ago, and be happy for Kawhi and company because he got you a championship. You could be the a Knicks fan like me and have never seen championship <laughs> in your entire life. That's fair. I mean, the Knicks are on the up and up. I mean, Julius Randle getting MVP buzz, and I think things yeah, are uh, looking, title, looking good. The Raptors won a title two years ago. Knicks ain't winning a title this year, unfortunately. But, I mean, yeah, like, I, I understand where, like, Raptors fans are coming from here. But, like, in all seriousness, and it's not, I, I know that fans feel like this a lot of the time. Like, you won a couple years ago. Like, he did his job. Like, like if he wins again, should be – if it were me – 
you tip the cap to Kawhi Leonard because you can never take down the banner that he won for you guys. Exactly, and I think the reality is once you win, your entire mindset changes as a fan base. I mean, it's been so long since the Knicks have had that deep postseason success, but for, for the Raptors, it's still so fresh. So the fact that even now when they're 11th in the East and they're fighting for the play-in, you kind of still have this in the back of your mind, like maybe if all things go right, guys like Van Vliet and Siakam can regain what they once had and, and maybe go make a deep, tight, deep, deep uh, playoff run. I mean, I don't think it's happening this year, but uh, certainly in the years to come, you hope that's what's going to transpire for the Toronto Raptors. Nick Costos is the... You Better You Bet podcast host. Uh, for more of his analysis, make sure to check out Odyssey Sports. He is their betting expert. And let's move to Aaron Rodgers. And the saga continues from just last week when in the NFL draft, the minutes leading up to the draft where it became blatantly obvious that Aaron Rodgers, very disgruntled, does not want to turn return to Green Bay. His general manager says otherwise. They're not trading him. It's a he said, she said, he said, he said. And the betting odds reflect the likelihood that he will be back in Green Bay. Depends on where you look, but minus 150, minus 200 for a return to Green Bay. And then the Denver Broncos are the second favorite destination for Rodgers at about plus 200. Then you're looking at the Raiders and the Cleveland Browns. If you had to make a wager, as you want to do, Nick, where would your money go with regards to where Aaron Rodgers ends up next season? I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna go to Denver. Um, I think if Miami really wanted him, I think it would be interesting because the Dolphins obviously have a ton of assets, but apparently they're not on like the reported list that Rogers has the teams he wants to go play for. I, I can't imagine, and like I don't know this, and maybe it's true, like why Rogers would want to go play for the Raiders. Like uh, that would be insane to me to want to go play for that team who I think has like no chance of competing in the AFC. Maybe with him, like they become a playoff team, but not better than the Chiefs. Maybe not even better, honestly, than the Chargers. Because I don't like that roster around um, around him potentially with the Raiders, but I think he's going to go to Denver. I, I think he's done in Green Bay. Um, I'm basing this on. Here's the problem with this: it's like it's not like handicapping a game. It's like handicapping like what Aaron Rodgers is thinking, or what like Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the Packers, is thinking. And I'm not in their heads, but my my educated guess. And I um I worked with one of one of Aaron's brothers, Aaron's brother Luke, when I worked at CBS. Luke is a, a great guy, like a wonderful human being. And, you know, you kind of see, like, what happens, obviously, and I'm not trying to make light of it. The fact, like, Aaron doesn't talk to his family. Like, that's actually, like, a real thing. Like, he does not communicate with, it, with his parents, with his brothers, his brother Jordan, his brother Luke. Like, that is an actual thing that's happened here. So I think people out there that are like, well, maybe Aaron's going to blank and he's going to go back to the Packers because he wants his money, and if Green Bay plays a hard line here, then he could be, retire, and he's not going to do that, right? Well, I don't know. I think he's kind of shown in the past that he's, you know, wired a little differently. I don't mean that as praise or criticism. I think more just a statement of fact. So I think if there were one athlete that were, like, apt to be like, hey, man, like, you're not going to give me what I want? Peace. I'll see you in a year when I come back and I unretire and play for another team. I think it would be Rodgers. So I think the Packers probably know that. And they can say whatever they want publicly here. But if I had to guess, I think they do trade him. I think the Broncos told everybody with the drafting of Patrick Sertan with the ninth overall pick. And then their kind of statement after the draft that, hey, like, we loved Justin Fields, but, you know, we loved Patrick Sertan a little more. Like, that is an insane thing to say. And I have to believe, or they're dumb. So it's one of those two options, right? Or the Broncos are dumb. That I have to believe that they think that John Elway and George Patton think they have a legitimate chance of trading for Aaron Rodgers. So if I had to bet right now, 
I think Aaron Rodgers week one this season is the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. And Nick, as you're well aware, many times when it comes to things that ultimately happen, the betting odds tell the story beforehand. And when you see the odds shift for Denver going from 60-1 to to 20-1 to to win the Super Bowl this coming season, I think that reflects what at least a lot of people believe will ultimately happen with Rodgers. Let's use the Trey Lance draft prop as an example. Uh, leading up to the draft, Mac Jones, the favorite to go number three to San Francisco. Mac Jones, minus 150, minus 175. And then on the day of the draft, everything flips. All this money comes in on Trey Lance, and the sportsbooks change their odds and make Trey Lance the favorite. And I think uh, that is something that is, has happened with Rodgers, and it would be a pretty good indication that if he indeed does leave Green Bay, it will be the Denver Broncos who get him as their starting quarterback i mentioned mac jones not going number three ultimately going to new england at number 15 and the odds on who will be the week one starter in new england at quarterback have cam newton listed as the minus 200 favorite followed by mac jones at plus 150 nick we both watched the patriots last year cam newton throws the ball in a a way that very few people in the nfl can throw it and that's not a compliment he is the king of the one hopper. Is there any way that Mac Jones isn't the starting quarterback for New England come week one? Uh, I mean, definitely. Um, you know, like Mac, no, Belichick may decide that Mac's not ready. They may want to get Mac up to speed and start Mac after a month, after two months. I mean, it's like it's just a very difficult question to answer from this point out. But I think the fact that the Patriots brought Cam back tells you that he's probably going to be the starting quarterback. Um, yeah, like uh, if I, I I wouldn't bet on it right now because I would bet on Cam and I don't really feel like tying my money up in something like that for a number of months on a bet that like could change at like the drop of a hat potentially. Fair. But yeah, I um I I think Cam's likely to be the starting quarterback. I think it's probably close to even money if I had to set a market as to which quarterback will start more games this year between Mac and Cam Newton. Um, I think if you're a Patriots fan, like you probably want it to be Cam, right? Because then that will mean that he's playing well and that the team's winning. Because um, if they make the switch to Mac Jones, probably things aren't going well. But yeah, I I think it makes sense that Cam would be the Week One starter, and then like we see Mac around like Halloween or maybe like the latest Thanksgiving. He is Nick Costos, the host of the You Better You Bet podcast and the Odyssey Sports Betting Expert. Nick, thank you for doing this. Best of luck to your Knicks, to your Rangers, and we'd love to have you back on the show again soon. Aaron, appreciate it, man. Wishing you and all the great people in Toronto minimal sweats, winning bets, and the absolute very best of luck. I love it. That is Nick Costos. And if you want to check out his podcast, just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. I guarantee you can find the Leafs and the Habs game right here on TSN 1050 tonight at 7 o'clock. A game that doesn't mean so much for the Leafs as far as playoff positioning in the North Division, but it means a lot for the Habs. The Habs can clinch a playoff spot with just one point, and you know they're fighting for that third spot to avoid playing the Leafs in the first round in the North Division playoffs. So a significant game for the Habs, who lost last night, not so significant for the Leafs. So I think when it comes to betting on this game, a number of different angles we can take with Alex Moretto from the score when he joins us in about 20 minutes' time. But coming up next, it is Wesley Chang, TSN Edge's fantasy basketball analyst. When you talk about fantasy basketball, the name Russell Westbrook comes to the forefront because he has been putting up numbers that have just been mind-blowing this season. He's a triple-double machine, and he is sixth in the NBA in rebounding, first in assists, sixth in rebounding. He is a point guard. That is patently absurd. So we'll talk to Wesley about what we can expect 
from the Washington Wizards tonight as they play the Toronto Raptors on the second half of a back-to-back. That's next on The Edge. Astro, no. What you know about rolling down in the deep when you Full disclosure, I've been asking our technical producer, Christy Avera, to play this song for me for maybe two months, and he has brought it to us today. What a guy. Thank you, 20 Fingers. Uh, back on the edge, I'm Aaron Carolla. This is Astronaut in the Ocean. Unreal track, by the way. And an unreal basketball analyst for TSN Edge joins us on the line now. It is Wesley Chang. Good morning, Wesley. What's up? Oh, what's happening, AK? Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Love your work, and I think your work is going to be crucial to us this morning in determining what to expect tonight in the Raptors and the Wizards. And to be honest, my man, I was shocked to see the Raptors listed as two-and-a-half-point favorites over Washington for obvious reasons. Washington has been one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Russell Westbrook, Brad Beal, balling outrageous, while the Raptors... Ups and downs, you really have no idea what you're going to get from them night to night. Do you agree with Vegas listing the Raps as the favorites tonight at home against Washington? You know how unpopular it makes me sad when I say you should probably fade the Raps tonight? But I'm with you. It's like we're on the same page here. Uh, yeah, two and a half right now on the Raptors' side. But I think you got to think about the implications for this game and what the locker room is probably like for both teams going in, right? Westbrook, new team. They're, what, eight-game win streak, 11 of the last 14 games they've won. Now they're pretty much primed and locked into this play-in tournament. The Raps lose this game. That's pretty much it for them. So Washington probably is really motivated to lock this game in, secure it for themselves, and then maybe they can buy themselves a game or two of rest with the, the remaining five games that they have for the regular season. Yeah, and I mean, let's be real here. Washington's just been a much more consistent team than the Raptors have been. And you look even last night, I think probably the only thing you could chalk up in the Raptors' favor between this matchup is the rest factor. And Washington played the Bucks last night, a 135-134 to 134 loss, which saw Russell Westbrook rack up just another triple-double. Man, this guy is having an obscene, just an obscene season, statistically. And I know you're a guy who focuses on the stats, when you're talking about betting on, let's say, the player props with regards to Russell Westbrook, where it seems like every, each of his assists and rebounds into the double digits, how do you even forecast what to expect from this guy night to night when the numbers are so prolific? Well, I think that's pretty tough. Uh, I mean, he's, he's pretty much bringing it every single game. So I think one thing good about him, motor-wise, you know there's never going to be a letdown. Uh, I think that's the key thing for him. Um, but, yeah, looking at the player props here, uh, you know, Westbrook, he's probably somebody to go after here. But I want to just circle back and point out to, like, the actual game lines itself. You know, you, you brought up a good point. But, you know, back-to-back game, the Wiz, they've lost four of their last five uh, second games of a back-to-back. So you got mm-hmm. some of that juice built in. But the other stat I want to point out to the game, you know, they've been on the streak, 11 wins, last 14 games. They've, the most they've lost, in any of those games with my three points, they've outscored their opponents by 130 points during this stretch. Wow. So I'm not, like, I'm not in favor. Of, I'm with you, man. If we were putting money down on this together, I think for sure we fade the wraps. The popular money is on Washington right now, even though the line is the way it is right now. 
So um, player props, I'm sure there's something there to look at. Uh, I'm always like, weary of betting on the rap side of player props because we don't know who's going to be in and out of the lineup when it comes to Westbrook. I mean, is he a lock to pretty much getting triple-double triple right now? If it was me, I'd bet on the, he- on the heavy side. He's very likely going to keep this streak going. I think he's only missed it, you know, at once over the last six games, and it was by, like, an assist. And that was pretty much it. So he's, yeah. he's pretty much doing it every night. So some, some updated news on the Raptors lineup. Yuto Watanabe has been downgraded to questionable from probable, so it's possible we don't see him. We expect to see Gary Trent back in the lineup tonight, but OG Ananobi remains out. So you could see a lot of Gary Trent run if you're into betting on the over for Gary Trent points. Perhaps this could be a good spot for him. And we know Van Vliet and Siakam have been bringing the heat. We still don't know the updated status on Kyle Lowry. Do we, Wesley? I believe he's supposed to be it. That's what okay. it's showing right now. But I could, you, you know how it is. You know how it's been with them all season. <laughs> it might change really quickly, and there might be un, unexplainable injuries that they might mm-hmm. be dealing with. Wesley Cheng is a fantasy basketball analyst for TSN Edge. He joins us here on The Edge. And, and the last week of the season, Wesley, can be the most difficult to handicap, but also the most profitable. Because if you stay in tune with what's going on, you've got to be following the right people on Twitter, including yourself, about who's in and who's out. It can become pretty easy to take advantage of some stale lines as far as not only betting on the point spreads and the over-unders, but also specific player props. So when you're putting together, when you're preparing for a night ahead in, in basketball, not only from fantasy, what are some of the things you look at and would advise our audience to do so in order to make some money? I think specifically to the wraps with these last five games remaining, it's really about getting ahead of the injuries, the injury news, and knowing who's going to be in and out of the lineup. So, for example, Ananobi. Um, as mentioned, he's doubtful for tonight, so you don't get to take any action on him. But for these remaining five games, if Ananobi's actually playing, and I don't think um, I don't think he's particularly unhealthy or unfit to play at this point, I'd be looking to slam the over on the points props for him in these five remaining games. If you look at some of the data on him, how he's been playing during this period, his usage rate, his field goal attempts, they're pretty much they've never been higher at his career over the last two weeks. He's putting up nearly 17 shots a game. Last year, he averaged eight. So he's clearly getting a lot of burn, um, especially with the Raptors kind of giving the season up pretty much at this point. So Ananobi's the guy I'm looking at. Birch is another guy who I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if people have noticed how, how well he's doing with Boucher out of the lineup, but a lot of Birch over action should probably be looked at. That's a prime opportunity, especially if Boucher does end up sitting the rest of the season. Um, Birch rebounds, Birch points. Those are both two props that you can probably keep an eye on, especially if uh, the matchup favors with having, you know, you don't want to do that maybe against Valanciunas, which is the next matchup they have coming up. But if there's some softer spots in the schedule, that's something that you can take advantage of as well. Yeah, I mean, Washington Wizards, a team with Alex Len on their roster, could be a time, could be a good night for Cam Birch. He is Wesley Cheng from TSN Edge. Let's look at the Lakers, Wesley, and we know LeBron's out for the next two games and. They might be, end up being in the play-in, which is remarkable and something that LeBron really dislikes to the point where he hopes the person who came up with that idea gets fired. When you look at the Lakers as a whole, we know they're the defending champions, and we know that if everything goes according to plan, that LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy and Dennis Schroeder's back from the coronavirus protocols that he's under, they look good. But do you believe in the Lakers? That, do you believe that they can turn it around in time to to make a real run in the West and maybe even win the NBA title once again? When in the last 10 years 
has it ever been a good idea to bet against LeBron? That's true. I think it's it still applies. I don't think uh, I don't think them falling into the like in the standings and potentially into the play-in tournament is you know a concern when it comes to their playoff and their championship pedigree. Now, I, I, I'm of the belief that they're going to fight their way out of this and end up in the fifth or the sixth seed. I don't think they'll fall that far. It's possible, right? But when it comes to them actually going through the, um, the rounds in the playoffs, I don't think them being the road team is going to have as much of an impact, especially considering the nature of this season. Um, the Lakers might get the same concern as you have with Brooklyn right now, which is team chemistry, mixing in a bunch of new guys. Uh, Drummond being put into the fold is probably the biggest kind of variable that they're going to have to negotiate as the playoffs come through. And I do think there is going to be a little bit of concern there. But one thing about Drummond, as we usually know, we, I like to look at crunch time minutes and how they usually set those lineups up. Drummond is not going to be part of that. So, you know, LeBron, LeBron in those final five minutes, it's going to be ultimately the him and the AD show. And I think they have enough rapport with the existing lineup that they have. So when they get into those situations, those chemistry issues won't be the same as maybe, you know, Brooklyn, where those guys are having to figure out what to do in those final five minutes. It's still the LeBron show. And, um, I don't think it would be very intelligent, AK, for you and I to put any money against yeah. him at this point in time, unless we feel like uh, idiots and want to, you know, just make some donations to the gambling houses. Well, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you think about LeBron, who kind of set the table for an excuse in the playoffs. He's, oh, I'm never going to be 100 percent again this ankle injury. But you wonder if maybe it's some reverse psychology for the opposition. Like, oh, LeBron's banged up. Maybe this is our year. Like Kawhi's looking at this, and Rudy Gobert's looking at it. Jokic and Chris Paul. They're like, all right, in the West, maybe we can take down the Lakers. And then he returns from that ankle injury and just tears them up, as he's done basically everybody in the NBA for the last 15 years now. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Wesley, as always, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Look for Wesley's terrific work on TSN Edge and on the TSN's Raptors broadcast as well. So great work, my friend, and thank you for doing this. Much appreciated. All right, that is Wesley Chang. Man, I'm pumped for the Raps game tonight. I'm pumped for the Leafs and Habs, and I have this, this sneaking suspicion. This is not based on any stats or trends. or It's just purely instinct that guys like Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are going to look at tonight and be like, no, we're not just going to go down to Washington like this. I think Washington's going to be a little bit burnt out after that game they played against Milwaukee last night. And I think the Raps are going to pull out a win. Will they cover the two and a half? That's probably a little bit more dicey against a team like Washington, who does have a lot to play for, but... I think tonight will be a very spirited affair, and I don't expect the Raps to just roll over like a lot of people do. Uh, coming up next, it is Alex Moretto, who is a supervising editor for The Score. He covers the NHL, and he covers Major League Baseball. Big game for the Jays this afternoon against the Oakland A's. Hunjin Ryu is returned from a strained glute, and I know Alex has a pick on that game. And we'll also talk about the Leafs and the Habs, a game that means a lot for Montreal, not so much for Toronto. That and more next on The Edge. I need you to hold on. Heaven is a place not too far away. A wild night in the NHL yesterday evening. I mean, you talk about just old school hockey, and some people loved what they saw. Some people hated what they saw. Very few in between. I'm talking, of course, about the New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals. And on that note, let's welcome in Alex Moretto. He is the supervising editor of sports betting for The Score. Alex, did you have the over four and a half fights between the Rangers and the Caps last night? 
I did not, but I absolutely should have. This is probably the easiest set of the year, right? <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, yes. And, I mean, it was a crazy night. There was a ton of emotion between these two teams, and the Rangers really clearly felt like they had to step up for, for Artemi Panarin, and they fought, and there was a lot of fighting done. And now the Rangers are back in action tonight. They play the Boston Bruins. They're heavy underdogs. And I'm just trying to figure out how much I should be betting on the Bruins tonight because I think the Rangers are spent emotionally, and perhaps this is kind of a instinct-type bet, but I can't see the Rangers mounting any type of opposition against Boston. What do you think? No, I think that's absolutely yeah, true. I think this is probably one of the biggest emotional letdown spots you could possibly have, right? I think they poured everything into that game last night emotionally, physically, they're already without Panarin. You know, they're probably going to be without Buchnevich. This is just such a tough spot. You're also talking about playing on a back-to-back with, with travel. They had to fly out last night after that game, and now they're going to go into Boston to take on a Bruins team that's fairly rested and is playing better hockey than just about anyone in the NHL since the trade deadline. I think this is just such an awful spot for the Rangers and, and fading them in any which way tonight makes a lot of sense to me, regardless of, you know, how you like to handicap games, whether it's, you know, through numbers or situational betting or whatever. I think no matter how you look at it, this is this is just too good of a spot to pass up on Boston. I know. That's why I'm kind of worried about it. When it's too good to be true, it usually is. Uh, Alex Moretto from The Score is our guest here on The Edge. And let's talk about the Washington Capitals, a team that I was looking at when they were 25, plus 2,500 to win the Cup maybe six weeks ago. And I'm like, there's some value there. This is a quality team and a team that has the, the playoff pedigree. We know the talent is there in that division in the East where they have a very good chance to finish first. Do you believe that something like the last couple of days for Washington, I'm not just talking about the Tom Wilson situation and now the Buchnevich-Anthony Mantha situation, the TJ Oshie night last night scoring a hat-trick the day after his father passes, unbelievable. Do you think maybe this could be a, I hate to use this term, a team of destiny? Could this whole thing be galvanizing for the Washington Capitals and maybe propel them for a long and successful playoff run? Yeah, I mean, you said it, the galvanizing effect is exactly what it could have. And it kind of sucks, you know. It, I mean, it, it really sucks for TJ Oshie that this whole thing had to happen last night and kind of overshadowed his Patrick in his first game back after his father passed. And, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like knowing the type of guy he is, I think that he probably doesn't mind the spotlight off him in this sense. He can just kind of go about his business the way he uh, the way he wants to. But, yeah, I think this is certainly something that can have a galvanizing effect for the team. That being said, I'm a little bit unsure what's going on in that room right now. This Kuznetsov situation is a bit strange, and you're yeah. hearing kind of reports from Capitals beat writers saying they're a bit fed up with him and his attitude, and he's, I don't know what, he's missing meetings, or he's, I'm not sure what exactly is going on there, but the fact that he's, he was, what, healthy scratch, and now he's on the COVID list, I'm just, I'm not sure what's going on there, and it does seem like there's a bit more to this story. I'm not sure if it'll come out now or if it'll come out after the season, but I wonder if that could also be a bit of a distraction to them, especially knowing how close Kuznetsov is to guys like, you know, like Ovechkin and Backstrom, and they've been together for a long time. So I'm not sure what sort of effect that could have on the team as well. So you look at kind of both sides of the coin here, you know, the whole Oshie situation and, and, you know, the team rallying together to, you know, stand up for Wilson and stand up for each other last night can maybe propel them forward. But then is this, you know, is this other situation going to be a bit of a distraction that kind of takes away from that? 
So the Capitals moving into a first-place tie with Pittsburgh in the East. Washington has three games left while the Penguins have two. And that's an important spot in the first in that division because you'd probably rather play the Islanders than the Boston Bruins in the first round if you're Washington or Pittsburgh. Alex, I'm looking at a Kristen, a tweet from Kristen Shelton, our Maple Leafs reporter here at DSN, and it looks like Jack Campbell is in the starters net, so you'll see him in goal tonight for the Maple Leafs against the Montreal Caulfields. Oh, I mean, the Canadians. <laughs> Cole Caulfield joke. Always great humor. And the Leafs are a heavy favorite. They're minus 220 tonight um, against a team in Montreal who played last night and lost, but I mean, the Leafs have nothing to play for. Montreal needs a point to clinch the playoff spot and we know they would i imagine would rather avoid the leafs in round one than play them and getting in the third spot in the north division is important do you think that factors in at all when it comes to handicapping this one tonight alex a little bit uh at the end of the day though i just think that this is too bad of a spot for montreal and you're not like i mean you're looking at you know again a back-to-back with travel uh you know no rest here the leafs are rested team and montreal it's not even just like having played last night, it's, they've played so much hockey since that COVID uh, week off or whatever it, you want to call it. You know, they've been playing four games every seven nights since then, and they haven't had back-to-back nights off since early March. Uh, I think this team is just exhausted right now. And then, you know, you add in another horrible rest spot playing this back-to-back with travel. I know the Leafs don't have too much to play for, and, you know, this is probably going to be a first-round matchup, so maybe they're, you know, going to get a bit more vanilla, especially on the power play or stuff stuff like that. Uh, But even with the intensity not there, it's hard to look away from the Leafs in this spot. At least I I don't see myself having money on Montreal here just because of the situation they find themselves in. And as much as I'm sure they'd like to play the – Oilers in the first round, they've actually fared quite well against the Oilers. I think last night was probably a little bit demoralizing for them. They're pretty much into a playoff spot now, if we're being honest. They haven't officially clinched, but it would take a minor miracle for them not to. And, you know, with Winnipeg winning last night, Montreal losing in regulation, and Winnipeg owning the tiebreaker, I think Montreal kind of sees how difficult it's going to be to get into that that third seed. And at this point, it's just for them, it's just about resting and getting healthy before the playoffs because they played so much hockey. They need to get guys back like, you know, Gallagher, Weber, Tatar, uh, Byron needs to get back in the lineup. They're missing a lot of guys. I think right now their main focus is just getting through the rest of the regular season unscathed and getting that week off between uh, the regular season and the playoffs, which will probably do them a lot of good. Yeah, Alex Moretto, supervising editor for the score, uh, supervising sports betting editor for the score, is our guest here on the edge. And let's look ahead to potential series prices, the odds for the Leafs should they play Montreal or should they play Winnipeg, who won last night, shutting out Calgary for nothing. So Winnipeg had lost seven in a row at the sky was following was falling in Winnipeg uh, just 24 hours ago, but perhaps they've righted the ship a little bit. How do you think that would look from an odds perspective? How heavy a favorite would the Leafs be against Montreal and Winnipeg? Clearly, they'd be favored. Do you think it would be the series price would be what minus one eighty? Would that be a fair estimate, or even more? I think they'd be pushing minus two hundred against Winnipeg. Maybe a little bit under that against Montreal. I think the market is a little bit higher on Montreal than it is on Winnipeg. And I mean, if they're facing Winnipeg, it's just. I think Winnipeg had a real shot to do something in this division, and then 
just their inactivity at the deadline was kind of surprising. And the fact that they had a chance with the cap space to, to bolster that defensive corpse and they didn't do it. They got, I mean, Jordy Ben, unless you count Jordy Ben as doing it, but I don't. Um, and then I think they've kind of worked Hellebuck into the ground. You can see he's, he hasn't been as good lately. So I think that they'd be a hard fade against uh, the Leafs in a series. But if you're looking at Montreal, I think maybe the Leafs would probably be coming around that minus 180 mark. And again, we're talking about a Montreal team that, probably isn't a team I'd want to face in the first round. And I think the Leafs probably would feel the same way. They're going to be finally rested. They're, I mean, you know, with the North Division regular season kind of extending beyond the rest of the, the uh, divisions, the playoffs are going to start a bit later. So Montreal's probably going to get that week off, just a much-needed rest. They're a much different team with Gallagher back in the lineup. Right now he's skating already again. All signs point to him being back for game one. I'm sure Weber will be back. Tatar will be back. This team will be fully healthy for the first time in a long time. And we saw how they were early in the year when they were rested and healthy and how they were kind of running the table early on. I think that this is a bit of a scary matchup for the Leafs. I think, you know, the Leafs obviously rightfully so should be favored and probably will get through it, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think that there will be some value with Montreal in a, in a first-round series. Just you know, just looking at the kind of circumstances coming into it with Montreal getting healthy and getting a bit of rest, and they'll be able to roll four lines like they need to do to, to be successful and kind of come at you, forecheck hard, bang bodies. And I think that's a style the Leafs are a bit more uh, a w- willing and able to play now than they were last year. But at the same time, it, it's not the best matchup for them. So I think there's definitely going to be some value if if this Montreal-Toronto series does happen, which it's looking like it will. Yeah, and Carey Price was on the ice, not in full pads, so you imagine he might get into a game before the end of the regular season. And a healthy Carey Price, I mean, we saw it last year in the playoffs for the Habs against the Pittsburgh Penguins where he was his old dominant self. Is he able to conjure that up one more time against the Maple Leafs? I'm sure the Montreal faithful hope that is the case. Let me get you out of here with a thought on the Toronto Blue Jays today. They play an afternoon tilt against the Oakland A's. Hunjin Ryu's back, which is a great thing for the Jays because, I mean, the pitching injuries have been a concern so far this season. Jays are minus 130 where I'm looking, and I understand you are backing the Jays against the A's this afternoon. Why is that? Yeah, I am, and I don't typically uh, like to back pitchers in their first game back off the IL, but this was a really short stint and it sounds like it was more of just a precaution than anything else and the A's don't particularly hit lefties all that well and then you're talking about the Jays taking on Mike Fires, who's making just his second start of the season and he's been I, I mean he's he's someone I definitely look to say he gives up a lot of contact a lot of hard contact his first and only start this year against the Orioles he got hit pretty hard in the game the uh, the A's lost so I think the Jays are just in a good spot here especially pitching wise to uh to get out of this series, I think with the split, then they'd they'd get, which is hey, you can't you leave open with the split. That's always a good thing, right? Amen, my friend. He's Alex Moreto, the supervising editor of sports betting for the Score, one of the best in the business. We always love having you as part of the show, Alex. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. All right, Alex Moreto. Make sure to follow him on Twitter. Lots of good picks. Profitable sports better, which is a rare breed these days, especially when you're betting the NHL and Major League Baseball. We're going to wrap things up. We're going to look at the head to the Raptors and the Wizards tonight. As I mentioned previously, the Canadians and the Leafs on TSN 1050. Some updates from practice. Who's in? Who's out? I should say morning skate as the Leafs are on the ice at this very moment. That's coming up next on The Edge.
Wrapping things up on the edge for this Thursday morning. I'm Aaron Korolnik. A very busy day and night ahead in the world of Toronto sports. The Jays play the A's at 335. Hunjin Ryu back on the hill as a minus 140 favorite against Mike Fires and the Oakland A's. We heard Alex Moreto explain why you should be backing the Jays to get the split against Oakland this afternoon. I think it makes a lot of sense considering Oakland's struggles against left-handed pitching. How deep will Hunjin Ryu go into this game? Will there be any type of pitch restrictions, innings limits? I would doubt it considering how little time he has missed with that strained gluten. We've all strained gluten. You know, it kind of goes away after a couple of days. I think Hunjin Ryu will be cooking for five or six, and the Jays will pick up that W as the minus 140 favorite. Now, you look at the NHL tonight, and we talked about how the New York Rangers, fresh off the brawl, was the Manhattan melee last night with uh, the Rangers and the Capitals. They play Boston. They have to, to travel after the game last night, a very emotional game, and not only emotional, very physical game. You think about all the fights, the six fights that went down for the New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals and have to get right back at it tonight against Boston, another physical team that has a lot to play for uh, with regards to seeding in the Eastern Conference. Love Boston at minus 220. You can even look at that minus one and a half or to win in regulation to get that juice down a little bit to a more manageable level, maybe minus 120 or so. And then it's the Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. I think that's a very fascinating spot for Montreal, a team that has played so many games in the last month to make up for that break they had earlier this season with the coronavirus protocols they were under. A ton of games played in a very small amount of time, and we know the Leafs are very well rested. We know Jack Campbell will be in goal for the Leafs, and let's be honest, whenever Jack Campbell's in goal for the Leafs, but I think Jack Campbell 15-2-1 this year, it's probably a pretty good wager. You have to pay a little bit of juice to back the Leafs. They are actually favored the most of any game they played against Montreal this season tonight and it's no surprise considering the discrepancy in rest between these two teams and finally the Toronto Raptors and what did Nick Nurse call this game tonight the last chance saloon for the Raps who are three games behind Washington their opponent this evening and if the Raps lose this one they can pretty much pack it in for the season because they will not be catching Washington with a four game deficit I mean maybe Indiana could be catchable but it seems very unlikely that without a win tonight the Raptors will have any chance to finish 10th and make the play in round the Raps two and a half point favorites against a Washington team That has been one of the best teams in the NBA, but again, at this point in the season, it's the rest discrepancy argument. The Raptors are a little bit more rested than Washington, who played a very emotional game against Milwaukee last night, 135-134 losers, a game that, no surprise, Russell Westbrook had yet another triple-double. Man, if you have had Russell Westbrook in your fantasy team in the last six weeks, well, hell, the whole season, the guy has been an absolute freak statistically now i don't think washington's going to go out and upset the brooklyn nets or the milwaukee bucks or the philadelphia 76ers should washington get into the plane and win some games but i wouldn't be that keen on playing westbrook and beal considering the offensive firepower and what we've seen from those two uh, all season long but mostly in the last 20 games or so where washington has been one of the best teams in the nba can't wait for the night ahead in sports and i can't wait to be back with you next week lots of golf coming up on the schedule of course some majors uh, 
on the horizon. Always love golf. A very successful Masters for yours truly. So I want to keep the momentum rolling. I'm Aaron Karolnik. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks to our guests, of course, Nick Costos, Wesley Chang, and Alex Moretto, Christy Avero, 20 fingers behind the glass. Back next Thursday at 10 a.m. Look forward to being back with you then. First up with Landsberg and Koliakovo. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10 on TSN 1050.